Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 10 of the Becoming a Gentleman podcast. My name is Christopher Linkenbach, and I am a masculinity coach here in Austin, Texas, and I help men to reconnect to their masculine natures, to help men to heal from shame and trauma, and I'm here to discuss healthy masculine virtues and really to understand how to cultivate healthy and loving relationships. Today's podcast title is going to be Masculine and Feminine Dynamics. Now, today we're going to start off with a little quotation before we introduce our guest today. And today's quotation comes from one of my absolute favorite authors, um, a man who I extremely respect in the space of masculine and feminine dynamics, David Data. And his quote today is, men who have lived significant lives are men who never waited, not for money, security, ease, or women. Feel what you want to give most as a gift to your woman and to the world and do what you can to give it today. Every moment waited is a moment wasted, and each wasted moment degrades your clarity of purpose. I absolutely love that quotation, and um, perhaps that's even something that we'll be diving into during this podcast today. And uh, today I would like to introduce uh, Andrea Balboni. And Andrea Balboni is a certified sex, love, and relationship coach. She helps purpose-driven, high-achieving men to achieve the same success in their personal relationships and intimate lives as they enjoy in their professional lives. Success to her looks like greater sexual confidence, empowerment in dating, and deeper connection in relationships that last. And so without further ado, Andrea, thank you so much for being on the show today. And if you would go ahead and even just talk a little bit more about who you are and what you're doing in the world. Sure. So yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. And I'm super excited for our conversation because I work with women as well as men. So I um, have a really kind of like on the ground experience of where we feel the, this masculine feminine dynamic show up for women and then for men and the struggles that that we all have. So I'm going to uh, speak to um, kind of under the context of a, of a heterosexual relationship. So speaking to people who are who are heterosexual here in just for clarity. So the women who come to me looking for support are women who would, who are looking for a partnership with with men. And the men who come with me are looking for a partnership with women. So it's within that context that I'll be speaking to the dynamics. And when I say um, speak to women and men that come to me with the different challenges, it's with that in mind. So just wanted to, to clarify that because it's not necessarily gendered, the energy that we experience as masculine and feminine. So <laughs> sometimes in these conversations, it can get a bit confusing. So I just wanted to, to lay that as um, the ground. Yeah, I think that that's fantastic that we clarify uh, what we're speaking on. And I'm just even curious uh, for some of our listeners out there. So what is masculine energy? What is feminine energy and how do they relate to each other? Great question. So as we understand masculine and feminine energy, I often look to the, let's say, Eastern tradition for yin, a yin and a yang kind of understanding even. And um, but then also it's 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 not necessarily just that 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 I speak to or have come to understand masculine and feminine dynamics. However, part of my training was definitely in Eastern um and the Eastern traditions. So when we speak to yang energy or masculine energy, it is driving force, it's focus, it's attention, it's purpose-driven. 
there's clarity and um and it is about uh emptiness is also another element of of the masculine and um i would say on the other side of the scale or on the other side there's feminine or yin energy which is more free flowing so um it is also receptive it's a receptive kind of energy it is emotive so there's a lot of intuition focus on intuition emotion emotionality and um, energetics and feeling not that the masculine isn't um isn't there isn't energy there it's just it shows up in a different way so it's um one way that really helped me kind of understand these two energies and how they work together is if there were a light shaft like a beam of light coming coming down to the to the planet that would be the masculine energy it's a pillar it provides structure it provides um even even support in a certain way for the feminine energy to then dance around it so um it's the feminine is a beautiful energy because it is about fluidity it's about movement it's about change it's about transformation and so having that interplay of masculine and feminine is a beautiful thing so we often say the the feminine without the masculine drops into chaos so that's kind of the shadow side the masculine without the feminine is a bit flat so there's no aliveness there's no there's no life to it um so that's that's a bit of my just a, a small sharing of my understanding of of the energies yeah would you speak on these energies so for instance if an individual is too much in their masculine how that maybe manifests in their life and then vice versa as the feminine as well and i think also even just clarifying that masculine and feminine energies don't necessarily mean man and woman correct absolutely yeah so we all we all hold both masculine and the feminine within us so there is when they're in balance it it makes for us feeling really whole and healthy as humans so when those energies are in balance it's a beautiful thing we're really really um high functioning we're creative and we get things done so there's a beautiful balance of open exploration blue sky thinking for example just ex exploring possibility and then that's more of the feminine let's say and then the masculine will come in and say okay now let's drive this forward let's make this happen let's bring this into into the world and so when we're out of kilter when we're out of balance which is a lot of what um what i'm experiencing today well i experienced it first myself and then with the women that i work with how it's showing up is we're so we're living in a world that has been dominated by the patriarchy <laughs> and capitalism which are very masculine kind of constructs and systems that we live in and so they require production drive focus uh, moving forward going which can be really wonderful things and that energy we do need however when it's not balanced with nourishing with slowness with space for creativity and feeling and empathy and compassion and kindness not that kindness isn't a masculine um uh part of the masculine as well it is it just feels a bit different when it sits in the feminine then then we can go out of balance and so what will happen is we'll experience burnout 
because we're not taking the time to nourish ourselves, our bodies will begin to feel, we'll feel a disconnection from them and a kind of deadness, like a flatness, instead of a juicy aliveness, a vitality, a wholeness, uh, kind of, I used to describe it for myself when I was really in my masculine, I was very much in work, um, in work mode, getting things done, not taking enough time for myself to, to relax into life. Then I would describe, I'd, I'd start to feel like I was from a cutout world, that I was two dimensional. There was a 2D kind of feeling about it. I felt like a cardboard cutout. And um, I wanted, I had such a strong desire to kind of pop back into my fullness and just luscious way that when I had more balance in my life of joy, of pleasure, of dance, of just being, being with friends, spending time in community, this kind of thing, collaboration, rather than focus on my own, getting ahead and work on my own career path, which I loved. I loved my career. Um, there was there was so much singularity in it that the community aspect was missing and that also the richness of that and the balance that brought me wasn't there as well. So um, so for women, when they when they kind of go out of balance, they can feel they can feel that and then it's difficult for them to kind of pop out of it and understand how can I be more in my feminine and still feel powerful because so much of power uh, and focus and attention and the way we're rewarded today tends to be more by being more in this masculine mode of production and all the things. Um, so that's where it goes a bit out of balance with women. With men, what they come struggling with also is a disempowerment. So um, even though many people tend to think, oh, it's a man's world or the world is built for men. And whilst, like I mentioned, a lot of the systems support a more masculine way of being, it's out of balance. And so men are also craving connection, deep connection with, with a woman, deep connection with even their, their peers. And they just don't know how to do it because they haven't had any guidance from anyone before them because the systems aren't set up to guide men to that, um, to connect with themselves, to their, to their emotionality outside of, say, the playground where you can be angry and, and that energy is kind of accepted. And then in the bedroom where you can express to a degree through sex, but not entirely fully. So men also come not really sure how to stand in their full power, to feel powerful and to stand next to a woman who's also fully in her power to have, um, to, to, to create space for her whilst not kind of dropping back into a smaller um, way of being uh, uh, for themselves. So there's a real struggle on both sides, let's say, <laughs> of the spectrum where we really want to feel balance. We want to feel wholeness. And there's a desire for women to step more into their feminine and for men to embody their masculine in a way that feels really healthy, powerful, alive, and also with care, compassion, empathy, and deeper connection with themselves and, and, um, and the people that they're with, the women that they're with. So it's a real call to, um, it's a real call to men to step up and become into the space of being more vulnerable, sharing more, uh, dropping into emotion, finding language for it, finding safety and expression of it. And there's also like 
likewise a challenge for women, one, to support that space, to allow men to drop into a more vulnerable space, to share things that feel tender and not as we've been taught, um, kind of look at, at them as weak or uh, less than or not being able to stand, stand there fully. And some women carry that still, whether it's subconscious or conscious, even though we desire the connection from our man to, to share emotion, to be with us, to be on that ride, to be our best friend, to be our lover, to be all of the things, there's still, when, when men do that, some women can kind of, mm, how do I, <laughs> he's sharing, but now I'm kind of seeing him in a, in a lesser light. And, and so there's, it's, it's a learning and we're in this, we're on this journey together. So it feels like, <laughs> it's absolutely 100% a journey together where we're both relearning how to be more whole as, as men and women, where we have a balance within ourselves of the masculine and feminine, and then also create space for the person that we're with to stretch into in different ways, their own uh, ways of being as we, as we all work to recalibrate and find a new, a new balance. Thank you so much. There's so much there, so much wisdom that you just spewed and so many different angles that I want to take this conversation. But I think that what is calling to me to ask you is sort of something that I notice with the clients that I work with uh, in terms of men is that there is a disconnect even to their own masculinity. And I'm curious, you know, with some of the men that you work with, what are some of the ways that you go about even just helping men to reconnect to a healthy form of masculinity? Yeah. So because men don't have many models uh, in real life, of a healthy masculine, it's taking a reconstruction. So uh, complete, I think you've spoken to this in maybe a different um, episode or, or a video where men are, um, the men that I work with, some for some men, it takes an unlearning of what they've inherited from a father figure or a caretaker or a model in life that they had in their family takes a bit of cleaning and clearing that space out, understanding what they might want to keep, and then the stuff that isn't really serving. Same process with the media, with society and culture to look and say, okay, what has the model been for me? Where is it actually working and supportive and healthy? And what wants to be left? What wants to be left behind? And then doing, creating a third space where they connect with what feels right intrinsically from the depths of the depths of their soul, even if you will, what really feels right for, for me to step into as, as a man, what is the masculine for me? Can I take some of what, um, what I've learned? Is there something there? Does it all want to be left? And what would actually a new way of being as a man look like? And how is it going to feel in my body? What's it going to be like when I really step into that space? What feels most true to me? What feels most power empowered to me? And where do we go from here? Um, so that's the process that I bring. I bring many men through is, is um, a re a recontextualizing or a reframing, a redrawing of what it means for them to be a man coming from their blueprint their inherent nature, like what feels most true to them as far as expressing themselves as a man in the world today. And I think it's so beautiful that you express that there is that blueprint blueprint that exists inside. And that's something that I speak about in this podcast, which is that the gentleman is an archetype. 
right? That archetype does exist and it is an energy pattern. And when we connect with that, it does allow us to connect to that deepest part of uh, our truest natures. It really is truth. And to me, masculinity is a form of truth. And I'm curious, where do you think that the collective wound that we've been experiencing in the masculine is coming from? And what are you seeing with men who are coming to you in terms of just feelings of unworthiness and feeling that they are unable to fully step into their power? As with most everyone, some of the stuff that holds us back does come from childhood. So it'll be from the experiences that we uh, we grew up in, the families that we grew up in, the way that we received love, the way that we learned to be accepted, to belong and adapted to uh, the environments that we were in. So for sure, there's some, usually some looking at what happened in the past from early childhood, <clears throat> uh, kind of on through the ages up to today. So that's part of it. And then you were seeing, just want to make sure I understood all parts of the question. So you spoke to a blueprint and archetype. Was there another part of the question? Where do you think, so what I'm seeing right now is there's sort of like a collective masculine yield. And let me speak to it just a little bit more to just give some context. Um, in the men's groups that I run with the clients that I have, there is this overwhelming sense of loneliness, disconnection. Men are seeking validation from external forms, whether it's drugs, pornography, women, right? I'm curious what you think this wound could be and perhaps how we could go about healing this within ourselves. Hmm. So some of it comes from systems that we've created, like capitalism and the patriarchy, where you're, you're only as good as your next game. So you are, especially with men, it's, it's performance, performance, performance. So you're only ever as good as when you've been last recognized for something that you've achieved. And that recognition comes from, we look to the out, external, like the, the outer world. So how much we're getting paid or if we've won an award or if there are people that cheered us on or if we got a gazillion likes or whatever it is. So it's esteem that comes from the outside in. We're so used to kind of looking at the external world for a sense of our worth. And what wants to happen is an understanding that intrinsically you, you're worthy of life on the planet. You are here and you're worth it. No matter what you've done or haven't done, you absolutely 100% deserve the love, deserve the life that you want to have. And so what we do, what I do in the work that, that I do with men is understand, okay, what happened along the way? Where did, where did that start to, um, where did the imprint come in? So it's because it's with systems, the systems that we live in, it's systemic. Also helping people to understand that it's, not just you it's it's not just you not being able to kind of esteem yourself and hold yourself up we've also internalized these systems that we are surrounded by immersed in have grown up in and through and they are really rooted in how we are so we can also give ourselves a bit of a break for not getting it totally right not being able to stand up for ourselves not having the confidence that we feel should come naturally and like other why do other people seem to be so confident and sure of themselves why can't i do that and it's likely that those other people are also struggling with the same thing 
because um, we're all we're all here doing this thing together. And it's definitely like you say, if it's showing up in groups, it's it's in our culture and society. It's at a larger level than just the individual. So we're carrying it individually, and then it's also certainly a collective um, wound or a collective way of being that we want to shift because uh, esteem really needs to come from the inside out. And when you can hold yourself in highest, it's not even high esteem, it's, it's kind of being um, esteeming, it's a together with kind of esteem rather than a, um, a higher than. But a lot of times we wanna bring ourselves up into a space where we can connect with the other person. So if we're always in a one down position where we're not quite good enough or things aren't quite right enough with us, then it's connection is really difficult for a healthy relationship. And if we're in one up with grandiosity and we need to calm down, grandiosity can feel great because we feel a bit more powerful. Then um, when we come down, then we can connect as well. But what you're speaking to is where we're in this kind of shame on me position of one down. And a lot of what I'm articulating comes from the work of Terry Real, who is, he's worked with men for 30 years. He's a fantastic therapist. So um, yeah, so a lot of the languaging and what I'm speaking to, especially in this, and with this, I just want to <laughs> note that I learned from Terry, who's amazing um, mm. and has worked with, worked with men for a long time as well. And, he, and so, so yes, a lot of, there's a lot of men who are grandiose, but it's kind of like a false, it's almost like a false a false esteem because it will come from the outside world and so where we are also in this one down position we want to kind of bring ourselves back to connection which happens in the center um so yeah yeah so thank you so much what it really sounds like is that there's this underlying sense that we as men in some ways need to prove ourselves right prove ourselves to those around us um prove ourselves to society in some way so we are always looking for that external form of validation and something that you touched on as well is this deep underlying feeling of unworthiness. And if we dive into that a little bit more, really what that is, is it is our good friend, shame. And that is such a fun emotion. And that really is that internalized shame that is keeping us trapped in that system of either being less than others or more than others, right? Because even if you have a self-esteem that is extremely high, it is also built on sand. It's not built on a strong foundation because you're doing so in order to feel better about yourself because there's an underlying theme inside of you of unworthiness, right? And what we see with a lot of individuals is they'll actually oscillate between the two, right? They'll oscillate between feeling grandiose, having this extreme ego, and then in quiet and solitude, feeling less than alone, unworthy, shameful, and having, um, you know, these really dark, dark thoughts. And really what that is, from what I'm hearing you say is kind of just this sort of belief system that we picked up as children due to certain events in our lives. And kind of the healing process really is sort of going back into those experiences and reliving them. Is that correct? Yeah, some of it is absolutely, um, doing that inner work, that work on, on usually it's inner child pieces. <laughs> usually it's uh, like family dynamics where we learn attachment and how we love and how to be intimate for sure. And then also recognizing, so the family is a unit where we learn certain, certain ways of being and, and understanding things. And then there's also the systemic, this larger picture of the systems and society and, society and culture. Now it's become society and culture that we live in. That's also 
Um, it also reinforces this looking outward for recognition, looking outward for a sense of worth, how much we're paid, the kind of car we have, the house we are, the neighborhood we live in, how many trips we've been on, how many books we've read, how much education we've had, how much or haven't. And all of these things we can be external measures that are quite false because the quality of you, the quality of your soul, your human on the planet doing this thing, you're already worth it. Being human is no joke. Mm. <laughs> There's so much to work through. There's so much to learn here. Um, so the fact that we, we signed up to be on the planet, it's a pretty big deal. So um, yeah. yeah, at least in my view. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to prove yourself, right? You are already proven. Exactly. Yeah. The journey feels like for, for, for many, many, if not all of us stepping into the more and more into the truth of that, um, who we are at our core, what, what, what we are at our core. And as we peel away these layers of imprint, these layers of learned behavior, these layers of experience that don't serve us and come closer and closer to the core of who and what we are, then it becomes much easier to feel uh, on solid ground, calm and peaceful, in balance, in right relationship to self, to others, to nature, to the planet. So, um, so it is that, that peeling away, that gentle peeling away of all the imprint from all these different spaces to come to the core of what we are. And that's, the, that's really the journey of self-discovery. Yeah. And I love that you use the word gentle there because that's the essence of becoming a gentleman. So thank you so much. And I'm curious if you will speak on just sort of, it's going to be different for every individual, but maybe that blueprint of healthy masculinity and how we can connect to that. Great question. So connecting with blueprint. So blueprint is something that is unique to everyone. You mentioned, and then there are ways to help us understand what blueprint it, like what is this thing of blueprint. And if there aren't many, um, many models or leaders or people who embody healthy blueprint, then what do we do? And so one of the ways to that journey is through archetypal. I love, I love playing with archetypes and having men explore what feels like a healthy, what, what do they feel most resonance with in the different archetypes, um, especially for men, there, there are ways to play with it. And, or creating your own tapestry of what you do see in the world as healthy masculinity. So if there isn't one person that embodies all the qualities that you appreciate about being a man, then what are what is a tapestry? What can you pull together? What can you vision board out there um, to have it to that feels like you, things that you can connect with, qualities that you connect with, ways of being that you connect with? What does that actually look like and craft your own? And so because we are made up of different energies or different things or different ways of being that will resonate more with or less with you can also stretch into aspects of others that you see as a great model of confidence or a great model of esteeming themselves or someone who is a great model of having clarity of vision and someone else who aspects of the of the masculine or what we know to be masculine energy these things um it as you're as you're with these people, whether you know them, if you know them, great, spend time with these people. 
and really drop into their energy, experience it. <laughs> you can take it in and live it for yourself. Um, and then where you don't have people necessarily close to you, it's just spending a bit of time studying how they are, feeling into how they are and finding those qualities within you and amplifying them. So what we focus on grows, focusing on your own, if, even if it's a tiny seed, if it's like a tiny seed of um, a focus that you have, or you're, a lot of times you feel distracted, but then every once in a while you can focus, it's kind of, okay, we'll work on that, on, on watering that seed and growing it so that it can expand slowly over time and you embody more and more of what you actually want to be. Um, that feels healthy, good, and good for you. Yeah, I think that that's so important to recognize that it is intuition. It is asking yourself, what qualities do you think? Because there is an underlying morality that exists inside of all of us. And we do have value systems. And it is doing that inner work and connecting deep into those. And in order to balance our conversation today, I think that we should speak on the feminine as well and talk a little bit about that. And specifically in the realm of men and their own inner feminine, how can we as men connect to that? Mm. Good question. So as far as connecting with, <laughs> with your emotional world, that would be one, one, that's one call from women quite a bit. I hear that call from women for men to express and connect with their emotional world. Um, what, how you want to do that is create safety within yourself for you to begin to drop into actually feeling and if feeling feels really out of really out of bounds for you you can look up emotions on the just google emotions find lists of uh, different emotions and have those lists out and notice okay i'm in a situation i'm going to circle all of the possible emotions so the ones that feel like might be resonant and so you can begin to find words with how you're feeling. That's one kind of really simple exercise. If you're really struggling to kind of say, well, all right, Andrea, you said to like feel my emotions, but I'm not really getting it. Like, I don't even know what I'm feeling. It's like, okay, well, let's, let's help you out here. Let's have some prompts. Let's have some, some suggested, uh, some words. And there's loads of, you can find loads of lists of, of different um, flavors of emotion that, that will help. Um, the other thing that you want to wire into yourself is that it's safe to express what I'm feeling. It's safe for me to be vulnerable. And what wants to happen is voicing this to, if, you're, if you are in a relationship or you are with another person, you can share with the other person, I really would like to share something with you now. It's quite difficult for me. I'm just working on this thing so bear with me it's going to be a bit tender uh how does that sound to you are you and see if the other person's available for that usually mm -hmm. you know <laughs> if they if it's a woman who is ready she'll be thrilled and um so you want to ask for the time that it takes ask for the space that you need and ask the person to maybe not comment just allow you what the space and platform that you need to be to start to express what you're feeling a bit more. Um, another practice that I gave one of my guys this week was to tap into intuition. So without having to know all the facts, without having to do all the analysis, 
and find all the data points? What if you just started to make decisions on what you were going to focus on at work or how you were going to cook a meal or where you might feel like going that day from intuition? What you, what you felt an urge to do, starting to tap into that sense more and making some decisions, small ones at first and then maybe bigger ones from there. So you start to connect with intuition, which is often considered a more feminine kind of um, trait or way of being. I think that's beautiful. And I think even just on your uh, previous point as well, making sure that when you are sharing that authentic and vulnerable version of yourself, that this other individual can hold that space for you, right? Because if they are unable to, that could perpetuate that suffering or that trauma of it. So making sure that it is a safe place and that they are able to hold that space for you. I think that that's super um, important. And on this topic, something that I've been working with in my own life is trying to discern when to do that internal work in the solitude and the privacy of your own home with your therapist, and then when to relate with your romantic partner in that intimate realm. Do you have an answer for that? It's a, it's a really, it's not an easy question, but I'm curious what you think about it. So... There is definitely, it's definitely really good to let your partner know that you are headed into territory that feels a bit, um, it's exploration, that you're experimenting, that you're learning about yourself. And yes, are they, are they, are they ready? Are they ready to hear you out? And to, so for, for me when i work with people on going there and starting to share vulnerably and stepping into territory that feels really shaky uh, and scary then the first lesson that i give is finding within themselves where feels steady where actually feels calm so if you're feeling wobbly in one space in you in your body in your energy in your in yourself like you're feeling a bit wobbly can you also at the same time Find a space or a place in you that feels stable, steady, grounded, like support. And if you can't find it within you, can you locate it in the world around you? So sometimes it'll come from the rhythm of day coming with the sun rising and the sun setting or looking around and noticing the exits in the room. It's a, we do it a bit in, 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 um, in trauma work to okay, where are the exits? I'm actually going to be okay right now. Connecting with your environment, getting back in your body, and then moving towards that intensity of share. And then coming back to that safe place within you or in your environment or whatever. If you have pets, sometimes pets can be really supportive in, in situations um, like this. Where is your support within you, even as you open up to the other person so that you're doing a level of self-holding, even as you're asking for that other person to be present with you as you share. Um, does that make sense? Yes, it does. And thank you so much. And even that part that you mentioned about the trauma work and finding an exit to give yourself the ability to feel safe, to know that you will, you would leave if you needed to, um, really allows yourself to kind of just let go and surrender. And I think that that is truly beautiful. And sense checking with your partner, you, you, you alluded to it where you said, you know, is, are you available for this conversation? How does it feel for us to have this conversation? 
Do you have time for it? Do you have capacity? If they're going through a lot in their life, they may not have the capacity, they might have, not have the space to hold, hold even more. And so what I'm loving about what you shared is that you're working with a therapist, you're working with someone to hold that space for you, to help you work on yourself, to help you then come into a conversation with some support within you, some capacity within you, because many times in, in the past, men have come to their partners for this holding, and it's been a lot for a woman to hold. So having this, doing the work on your own within yourself, and then coming in the spirit or with the intention of sharing your experience rather than pouring it out, pouring it out on the other person, not that, you know, you would have a conscious mm. you know, thought that that would be what would be happening. It's just asking, okay, are you actually available for this? And if your partner says, no, they're not, they've been through so much that week, they're holding loads, you know, you can hold yourself and you have a community, hopefully of uh, support around you, whether it's a men's group or friends or family or your therapist. So I always, you know, in my own experience and what I now speak to more and more with my clients is having different areas of support where there is there is moving through there's healing it can happen once one with a therapist which is amazing it absolutely can and and does beautifully happen in community when you have a community that's intentional about holding that space when you have then other communities where you're just going for you know sharing for fun and then there's friends and family as well so having a variety of where places where you can um you can share you can be held you can hold there is gives a really uh, great base of support for you and it doesn't put so much pressure on your on your partner to be everything all the time for you um, and vice versa yeah i think that's really important to acknowledge that a your woman is not your therapist she's not your mother right yes she can and does have the capacity to hold those spaces but that's not the dynamic that is here for you the dynamic is here is romantic partners and I think something that you said that is so profound is that it is the difference between coming and unloading your experience on your romantic partner and coming and sharing the experience of healing right working on that space working on yourself in solitude but then letting your partner in on that experience as well here's what I'm going through as opposed to fix me right I need you to fix me and so I think that it's such a subtle change in your intention because it's kind of a similar conversation but the intention is different there Right. And I think that that is so profound. And I think um, something else as well to speak on is that if your romantic partner is not in a space to hold space for you and you've asked to honor that and to acknowledge it and to not get hurt and rejected by that as well. Right. <laughs> they may just be maxed out. Exactly. Fully maxed out and they can't hold anything else. Um, at the moment, not that they don't care and wouldn't like to, but they just might be at, like, it's kind of like at capacity, tanks full, have no more space for anything, even the person that I really, really love. So mm. if that happens again and again and again, it might be a conversation you want to have with your partner. Um, if you don't feel that you're getting, um, you know, the support that you do need. So we're in relationship where we're, we're inter, it's kind of like interdependence where, we're there for one another. So there's a significant amount of holding that we do for ourselves. And then we can, and you know, it's right to ask for, 
for support, whether that's just listening or presence or sometimes a hug, sometimes some love, whatever it is. So that's absolutely healthy to, to make a request for, for, for some support in some way. Um, as long as you're, you know, and you, and you spoke to this, your partner can't do the work for you. Like no one can do the work that, that unfortunately, because <laughs> yeah. wouldn't it be great, but yeah. no one can do your work. Like if they, if your partner starts to hold you more than is healthy, it becomes codependence. And it will tend to move into like a child parent relationship where there's power over power under the, there becomes a power dynamic thing happening. So um, things shift, they start to feel less healthy uh, and the relationship can feel, can feel heavy. So, um, so it is nuanced. It can be quite difficult to decipher. It can be hard to understand when is it kind of okay for me to make a request? Is this request, you know, is it unreasonable? Am I asking for too much? But then also just hearing from your partner, what they're available for, what they can do, how they can be there. If they can do a part of it, great. Then you get support for the rest of it from somewhere else, um, or from within you. Hmm. Yeah, Thank it's you. definitely, <laughs> it's definitely, um, nuanced and, mm -hmm. and can be challenging. And that's why communication being really forthright and having open, honest communication, um, and really holding yourself in that space of being vulnerable and really sharing your truths and hearing and listening to the other person is so, so valuable because it is nuanced. And one day someone could have maximum capacity be able to hear you and the next day they may be maxed out. And it's not because of you, it could be because of life. So learning to be with and communicate and have some flexibility there too is, is super, these are superpowers. These are like practices for life, so. Mm. yeah thank you so much andrea and do you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd like to drop on us before we wrap this up men are incredible <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you awesome love, yeah i love the work um that you guys are doing in the world uh, to step up there's so much willingness there's so much willingness when a guy knows what to do, knows how he can work through stuff, knows it's going to be a bit difficult, but then you give him the stuff to do and he goes and does it. It's, it's amazing. I love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of bravery. It's because it's uncharted territory. The way the what women are asking for, the level of vulnerability, the level of connectedness, the level of... Um, of being with another person is hasn't happened before. So it's, it's a lot to ask. And the guys that I see that are stepping up feel rewarded for it and are incredible, incredible men. So, so thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's so reaffirming to just hear that from a woman, uh, just because it, it isn't something that is talked a lot about. So thank you so much. And Thank you for the work that you've done on yourself and are continuing to do with others. Um, how can we find you? And you know, what are, what are you doing? What's going on? I am in the social sphere. So I'm on, um, I'm on Insta. I'm in Facebook, LinkedIn, even YouTube occasionally. Um, so you can connect with me in social. And then the best way really is through my newsletter. I have a newsletter 
and or dm me send me a message i'd love to hear and um, i think in the show notes you're gonna put there's um there's a link to give it's kind of like a sample journey that i do with men some of the things that i bring them through so if anyone wants to check that out i welcome that and then yeah i invite you to have another a conversation with me about what might be right um, what might, might be right for anyone who's listening Awesome. And all of those links will be in the description down below. Andrea, thank you so much for your time here today. And we will catch you all in the next one. All right. Bye. Thank you.